You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is where we're at this morning. We're going to open up with this passage that uh, it's about demons. Everybody say demons. That's what we're talking about today. If you came to Mill Sunday School for the first time, you're like, what's going on here? No big deal. We're just talking about demons. Uh, NDD. Actually, it's, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10. And it says this. This is a really famous uh, passage. A lot of you may have even memorized this. It's about the armor of God. And it's obviously a putting on spiritual protection for yourself. And it says this. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you could take stand against the devil's schemes. And then listen to this verse very carefully. For our struggle is not. Everybody say not. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand. And this passage goes on to talk about that, that spiritual armor that you put on, the shield, the, shield the, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. And it's a great passage um, to pray through if, if, you, if you believe you're, you're dealing with something evil, like evil spirits. And we'll, we'll talk about that this morning. But first, let's, let's, let's pray, shall we? God, we do thank you right now, Jesus. We, we praise you. We thank you for the Mill Sunday School. And God, we ask for your spirit to guide us in this, in this topic of talking about evil spirits and demons and, and forces and even Satan today. God, we ask that your will will guide us, that your truth will be open to us, that your ultimate truth, that you are in all control, and that we have authority over evil presences and evil spirits and God, we thank you for that authority. We thank you for the power that you've given us over this evil realm. And so, Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And everybody screamed, Amen. Amen. Well, uh, here's, here's just a few announcements before we get into our talk about demons. Uh, the first announcement is if you're newish, if you've never filled out uh, the Mill Sunday School first-timer card, kind of looks like this. It's on the tables. You can fill one of these out and then give it to the nice people at the table when you came in, and they'll give you a free gift just for saying, thanks for coming to Mill Sunday School, learning about some stuff. And... Um, I'm really excited about this next year of the Mill Sunday School. Um, first off, next month, we'll, everybody look around. Do you feel a little crowded in here? Like some of you are like, I wish I had a table to myself. Who are all these weird people, right? Some of you are probably thinking that. Um, next month, you'll be able to have a little more room because we're moving from this room into the main chapel, which is like, double, triple maybe the amount of space. So you'll be able to spread out a little bit. You don't have to sit next to weird people if you don't want to. <laughs> just kidding, just just joking, people. Just kidding. Lighten up. Um, and and so uh, so I'm excited about this next year as well because it, we usually just kind of go by uh, um, semesters and we'll pick four four months and we'll stick to the these random topics like angels and demons or we'll go over a book of the Bible. But we, 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 as the mill staff, we sat down and looked over the entire year of Sunday school, and we thought, let's be really 
strategic about where we're going with the Mill Sunday School. And so we've taken this whole year, September all the way through next September, as we begin in the fall, and we're going to go through, basically we're going to go take everyone through, like what is necessary to become a Christian? If you're already a Christian, like what are some really deep, um, foundational, more like it, what are really foundational topics that you just got to know to be a strong Christian, to, to be able to feed yourself spiritually, and to live a great Christian life your entire life? What what are so? What if you were to stick around with Sunday school for a whole year? Let's be really strategic and and have like almost a course, a year long course, um, that that we can offer and just make Christians into like super Christians. <laughs> and so and so we have this whole we've we've been really strategic about next year. The whole year is planned out. We'll go through the Bible, go through why the Bible is the Word of God, kind of how to study the Bible. We'll spend a month on how salvation works. We'll we'll spend a whole month on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll spend a whole month on who's Jesus in the New Testament. We'll spend a whole month on Old Testament and the stories of the Old Testament, how God provides for his people. And so we've been really strategic and and I'm really excited about this and we're still kind of working out the the exactly how it's going to work but we're pretty close is that if you come to mill sunday school and you you kind of like yes i want to be a part of this whole year that we're going to do then we're going to offer college credit through king's seminary king's college and seminary just for coming to sunday school it's pretty cool and so i don't know how many of you would be interested in that and getting college credit just for coming to sunday school it's pretty cool there'd probably be some amount of extra assignments or some amount of like attendance or something else we're still working out the exact pieces with king's college but they've already agreed to it they'll say yes we're going to do it we just need to work out the logistics so that's pretty cool we're offering a real college class if just for coming to sunday school pretty sick huh I get, I, I get really excited about that because I, just, I really love school. It may just be something sick in my head. But I imagine, I, I imagine that a lot of you probably kind of like school. You just like learning. Sometimes teachers are weird, but uh, I just really like learning. Um, so um, I'm excited about that. Well, this morning we're going to talk about angels. We're, this month we're talking about angels and demons. Specifically this morning we're talking about demons, the evil, the spiritual realm that is evil. And this whole month as we've been advertising angels and demons in Sunday school, I think I've been wearing a sign on my forehead that says, if you have weird stories about angels or demons, come tell me those weird stories. And I, all kinds of uh, nice people, some of them weird people, um, have been telling me all their stories about, I think I saw this angel one time or I think I saw a demon this one time and they'll tell me all these weird or cool stories and um i want to i asked aaron he was one of the people that shared a story with me and i thought this is a pretty sweet story so let's do story time with aaron higgins <laughs> you want to sit down good morning everyone this is aaron higgins <clears throat> okay i want to <laughs> preface the story a little bit by telling you that the spiritual world is very real. Mm-hmm. We live in a very spiritual world, and it's happening around us all the time. Events are unfolding around us that we have no idea what's going on. But the story I'm about to tell you isn't just cool. It is. But it's, it's a story to tell you, help to open your eyes on how to approach a spiritual world. This story happens about three years ago. Uh, I was uh, home alone. It was wonderful. Yep. Uh, my family was on a missions trip in U- the Ukraine. And typically what I do when my family is gone, I, I sleep on the couch. It sounds a little strange, but we, have a, we had a fairly large house at the time. And I'm a little paranoid when it comes to sleeping alone. And uh, I fell asleep watching a movie. 
And I woke up. And I ever have that feeling where you feel like someone is staring at you? (laughs) This was one of those times. I woke up and I looked around. I didn't see anything. And then I noticed something in the darkness beside me, right beside the couch, like a, a menacing look just staring at me. And so I slowly turned and I looked over, and there was someone standing next to the couch. Now, it wasn't somebody like you or I, but it was someone, something standing there staring at me, not saying a word, just staring. And I said, who are you and what are you doing? Now, this is about 2 a.m. I'd been asleep. So that's the only thing that came to mind. Now, I didn't hear any voice. I didn't really get any words. But I knew whoever it was, whatever it was, it was here to cause harm. And I said, in the power of Jesus' name, I command you to leave. And almost instantly, I felt that the menace was still there. The anger was still there but it no longer seemed to have any power and hold over my life. I watched the figure walk down the couch to the foot of the couch, and I pointed at it again, and I said, Greater is he who is in me than you. I said, I command you to leave this place. And I heard a growl, something akin to a lion, you know, a very irritated lion. And it turned and walked out the garage door. Now, the thing was, is before I had gone to bed, all the doors were locked, all the windows were locked, and the garage door, the, the main garage door, was closed. So I knew where, whoever it was didn't have a way out without opening up the garage door. Now, typically what my family does is uh, we do recycling, the good environmental thing. We put cans in a bag, and we let it build up, and then we take it out to the recycle. And so there was a bunch of cans in a plastic bag hanging on the door to the garage. And I heard the bag shake, like the door had been opened and closed. Well, I shot up, and I chased after him. The door was closed. The bag was swinging. I ripped open the door, and there was no one in the garage. There wasn't a car in the garage. It was empty. And I felt, at first I thought, how did they get out? And then it slowly dawned on me through my sleep-fogged mind that I had encountered something more than what this earth has, kind of a glimpse into eternity and a glimpse into the battle that we face. So it wasn't some big major showdown. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Frank Peretti-esque. As cool as that would have been, But it reminded me that, as the verse says, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities of darkness. But it is greater is he who is in us. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Yahweh. We have that power, and we've won. If you've read the Bible, if you've read Revelation, you know what happens. We win. And that happens. That unfolds every day. 
Yeah, we may not see that dark, menacing figure standing above us as we're sleeping. But they're there. They're real. And we have that power. We have that power to send them away. We have that power to break the curse. Now, an interesting little side note. In our house, we had a, I I guess, an interesting issue beforehand uh, leading up until this time. Something my dad and I noticed, we, we would always hear footsteps going from one end of the house to the other upstairs. Uh, a door would open and close, and we just pass it off. Oh, the house is settling. And every time, and, and it, was, it was a little weird, it was a little creepy, but after that, after the encounter in the night, that never happened again. So I know it's real. I've been there. I've seen it. You can't dismiss it. You can't say, oh, it's, it's, it's cool, but we're Christians. We're better than that. Yes, you are. You have the power and authority over it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's good. It's good. Thank you, Aaron. <clears throat> you didn't know you were coming to Sunday school for scary story time, did you? <laughs> but that verse, that verse is true. Our... our, our Ephesians 6.12, for our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I think as Christians, we make, can make one of two mistakes when it comes to talking about demons and the spiritual word, world. We could make the mistake first of, uh, I'm going to race this beautiful sign up here. Um, no Sunday school. My wife did this, by the way. So, so beautiful, so nice. Uh, let's see. We can make the mistake that the spiritual world, angels, demons, the spiritual forces, are NBD, no big deal, or R-R-B-D. <laughs> that it's a really, really big deal, or it's not a big deal at all. It's just, it's, it's not even in existence. And I think these are two extremes that we can have as Christians and say, oh, let's just not talk about the spiritual world at all. That would be NBD. And the other side would be a uh, really, really big deal. And you're just like, you're talking to people and that's all they talk about. And you're like, dude, you're weird. And, just, and, uh, and they are. C.S. Lewis put it like this. This is a, a book uh, by C.S. Lewis called The Screw Tape Letters. Raise your hand if you've read parts of it. Or It's a, it's a cool book about, basically, it's, it's letters from... Let me get the names right. It's letters from Screwtape, uh, this demon, to a lower demon named Wormwood. And it's, it's totally a fictional, meaning I always get fictional and non Like, which one's which? I don't know. What's, which one's, like, means story? It's a story. It's not, like, real. Like, a, it's just a story. Um, Made-up story by C.S. Lewis of these two demon characters that are kind of overlooking this, this Christian, this young man that's a Christian. And these letters are from Screwtape, this high demon, to Wormwood, who's this demon character that's taking after or looking after this christian guy and kind of tormenting him but c.s lewis in his preface says this he says there's two equal and opposite errors into which our races uh, our humans can fall about the devils he calls them one is to disbelieve in their existence uh, an extreme nbd the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them kind of rrbd that, that we as Christians can fall into the mistake of saying these demons are just such a big deal and that that's all we should talk about or not a big deal at all, nothing, just never talk about it whatsoever. So in the middle of Sunday school, we're going we're gonna to fall in the middle of these two ideas and say angels, demons, they're, 
maybe a big deal. Not, not a really, really big deal or not no big deal at all, but they're, they're a deal. Maybe just a D. Let's, let's refer to it as D. Angels, demons, they're a D. They're a deal. And so where I want to go with this is, is to, first of all, this one, um, well, first of all, in your notes, it says this. It says, uh, we put little blanks for you now. It says, review, the spiritual world is... So sometimes people like to fill. Do you ever like to fill? I like, like to do this, to fill in the answers before the, the, the pastor goes over them. Does anybody else do that? <laughs> the spiritual world, how many of you put spiritual? The spiritual world is spiritual. <laughs> Good answer, but, uh, but really, where are we going with this? And if you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the spiritual world is real. And so that, that would be the answer to that. And then in the notes, if you want to put NBD and RRBD, I think sometimes under this really, really, people make it out to be this really big deal. There's this word I want to tell you, it's called dualism. That, that in some ways people think that there's this cosmic battle between two opposite and equal forces, that good and, equal, good and evil are opposite and equal. Let me tell you that they may be opposite forces, good and evil, but they're not anywhere close to being equal. We worship a God that is all-powerful, omnipotent. <laughs> he is all-powerful. And any, any power that ha- the evil presence or evil forces have, and they're throughout the Bible, by the way, evil forces, demons, um, any power that they have has either been given to them or it's been allowed, that they're allowed to have this power. And so we do not, if you, if you wrote down the term dualism, we do not believe in a dualism between good and evil, that there's a equal and opposite forces like yin and yang. No, we believe in God Almighty who is good. And all the power in the world belongs to God, and he is good. And so the power of good, a whole lot better than the power of evil. They're not equal and opposite forces. And so we don't believe in a dualism. Um, Aaron mentioned Frank Peretti. Has anybody ever read Frank Peretti's books? They're sweet books, by the way. Uh, Frank Peretti, This Present Darkness. Some people, not me, if you, if you really come to this idea of knowing what the spiritual realm is, that knowing that it's real, and knowing what the Bible has to say about it, you won't be confused by books like this. But some people read books like this, and they get confused, and they, and they, they, they say, oh, the whole spiritual world is this dualism between good and evil. And in this book, it's a fictional book, meaning it's just a story um, written a little while ago. And uh, a lot of you raised your hands, so you've read books by... I think Peretti, This Present Darkness. What's this other one? Piercing the Darkness. Uh, stories about humans and then, uh, like, you know, just kind of living out their daily lives. And then he kind of peers into the spiritual realm. And so there's angels and demons warring over decisions and uh, things like the demon laughed, coughing up puffs of red and yellow. You enjoy a fight, don't you? Several demons joined him in laughter. And then Triskel, this main angel, had no intervention of answering. The demon had no time to demand an answer. Suddenly, all the mocking spirits grew intense and agitated. Their eyes darted out. And then, like a flock of timid birds, they they backed away and huddled in dark corners. At the same time, uh, Triskel could feel a new strength coursing through them. He looked down at Hank, Hank's the human. He was praying. Dear Lord, he said, help us to reach these kids. Help us to touch our lives. And so basically this book is about the spiritual realm uh, happening around us and, and us. Like, it almost seems like, like as we pray, we're giving like Scooby snacks to the angels and they're like fighting. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a good book if you want to read it. It's, uh, it's really good. 
But I think some people can mistakenly read this book and not know enough about the Bible, what the Bible says. And they could read this and say, oh, we're just surrounded by this war between good and evil. And they're equal and opposite forces. And I've got to pray for the angels to come help me because I've got to give them strength because the demons might be winning. And, and, and they're, just, they're all about the RRBD dualism of the spiritual world. And so if you read a book like this, it's a, it's a great fictional book. It's, it, it gives glory to God. And, and, and so read it by all means, but don't fall into the temptation that it's this whole spiritual realm is a really, really big deal and that it's, it's cosmic forces that are equal and opposite. Friends, Jesus is God. He's Lord, and he's given us his authority of goodness, and he is all-powerful. And so we as Christians, one of the main points that we're going to get to today is that we as believers have authority over evil spirits. And so any um, nightmares or stories or things that you have, the story that Aaron shared about the, the presence that, that came to him when he was home alone, um, we as Christians, we have power over evil presences or demons that, that may be coming to us and, and however they come to us. And we'll, we'll talk a whole bunch about demons today and hopefully get you out of any confusion. But I remember um, I became a Christian in, in high school and I had been a Christian probably for like three or four years living under the NBD, not a big deal, spiritual realm. I just didn't hear about demons. I didn't hear about angels. I never, I never heard anything about spiritual warfare. I was, I was going to a very conservative church that, that actually didn't even believe miracles happened or that the gifts of the Spirit were for today. It was a very, and churches like that, people like that, that the Christian brothers and sisters are our brothers and sisters. I give them the utmost respect. But there was something missing from that from that kind of church that I was going to that just said, oh, the spiritual realm, it's just, it's just not that big of a deal. The angels and demons, not that big of a deal. Miracles don't happen. Stuff like that happens in the Bible doesn't happen anymore. Well, it does. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that today. And it, I would, I'd been a Christian probably three or four years under the NBD side of things, just never talking about the spiritual realm. And I was, I was having kind of an accountability meeting with a, a friend of mine that, that was from a charismatic church, meaning they believed in the gifts of the Spirit, they believed in the spiritual realm like New Life does, believe in miracles and things like that. And he was a, a youth leader of this charismatic church. And we were talking, I was just sharing with him some, some struggles. And I said, you know, I'm struggling with anger. I said, I'm struggling with lust. And I just can't seem to win. I keep falling into temptation. And, and I, I kind of went into um, details about, you know, when I'd fall into temptation. And I just felt like I didn't have power over it. And my friend said, you know, this seems like it might be a spiritual attack on you. And I was like, hmm, okay, keep, keep talking. This is kind of new to me. Um, and he said, well, maybe a demonic force or demons, you know, throughout the Bible, they, they talk about how demons can come to us and they can whisper ideas to us. There's, there's places in Scripture where demons or evil forces can tempt us. And so I was having this conversation with my friend, and he said, you know, next time you feel tempted and, and lust or in anger, or if it, you know, just he said, why don't you why don't you pray a prayer like this? It's it's not like a like a riddle or like a like a, you're saying a spell or something. He said, but but pray a prayer in authority in Jesus' name. And he showed me some scriptures about Jesus taking authority over evil spirits, and um, and he said. Next time you're, you're, you feel tempted like that, why don't you pray a prayer like this? And he said, in the name of Jesus, I command any evil spirit that's influencing me to leave right now in the name of Jesus. So it's like you're talking to the evil spirit. And he said, why don't you pray that prayer? It's pray in the name of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus, I command any evil presence to leave. And then he said, and then pray for the Holy Spirit to come and to protect you. He said, pray, Jesus, come inside of me, fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to fight this temptation. And I said, 
cool. That, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a great thing. And he showed me some scriptures that, that, that showed me that, you know, we as Christians have authority in Jesus' name over evil spirits and, and being tempted. And so after that moment, after that conversation that, that, that me and my friend had, I, I began to experience some real just joys and, and overcoming sin and, you know, being tempted and, and not just diving right into the temptation to the sin. But I found myself, wow, I could, I could pray. I have authority. If this is a demonic temptation right now, to pray against it, I have that authority. And I could pray for God to protect me from that. And it opened up just victories in the name of Jesus. It was awesome. And, and from that moment on, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I still have my humanity, um, of course. But I've just, from that moment on, there was, there was kind of a, just an opening to the spiritual realm that was so cool, if I could use that word. And so I want to talk about that today, and the demon side. And next time, if, if you're, uh, we're going to talk about demons, especially who they are, what they do today. And uh, next time, next week at the Mill Sunday School, the whole topic is going to be spiritual warfare. So if, if, if during this Sunday we kind of raise some questions, if some of this stuff is kind of new to you, maybe you come, came from a church that was more conservative, traditional possibly, to use those two words, uh, this stuff may be new to you. You didn't, you didn't know you were coming to Sunday School to hear scary stories this morning and stuff like that. Um, uh, First of all, the, the, the spiritual world is real. And, and then next time, we're going to talk a lot about spiritual warfare and what the story that I just talked to you about and how we have authority in Jesus' name. So that'll be more next time. But um, first, let's talk about demons and who they are. In your notes, it says demons are fallen blank, created by blank. Demons are fallen angels, created by God. Who are they? Well, they're, they're, they used to be angels. And I'm going to show you some verses that have to do with that. But, um, see, sometimes people, people still fall into this idea of dualism, that, that, that demons are, you know, warring with God, that Satan and, and Jesus are brothers or something like that. I don't know where you get that idea. Um, but, but some people just have that in their mind, this yin and yang kind of thing of good versus evil, and they're constantly warring. Well, you know what? Demons were created by God. It's like demon, a demon is like a speck of... A, a drop, you know, compared to the God's power of the ocean. You know, God is all-powerful, and demons are just a creation of God. And, and, and to say that, you know, okay, God created demons. And so maybe if you're thinking in your head, okay, did God create them evil? Because if God created evil beings, then, then does that make God evil? Have you thought about that? I, I thought about that. And, and really it comes down to this, that idea that, that demons are fallen angels, that they were once created by God to, as an angel, and then they decided, because of free will, they decided to fall. And I'm going to show you three verses. They're all towards the very end of the Bible in the, in the New Testament. The first one is Second Peter. I'll give you a second to turn there. I think it's really cool to, to actually turn to scriptures. And if, if you brought a Bible with you, like, I, I'm a big fan of writing in my Bible and, and writing notes, highlighting, underlining. Um, I often joke, like, I'll, I'll tell somebody, I've written in every single page of the Bible. And they'll kind of look through and like, wow, you've written in a lot. And then they'll find a page that hasn't been written in. And they'll be like, what about this? You didn't write on this page. And then I'll, be, I'll just be like, yes, I knew you were going to say that. And then I'll show them the side of my Bible. I don't know if you could see it. But I've written and highlighted along the binding. So like literally every page has writing and highlighting on it. And it's just, that's how cool I am. That's how spiritual I am. 
Uh, I said Second Peter chapter 2. I'm just going to read one verse here. We're going to flip around. Friends. I'm going to show you three different verses about how demons got to be demons. Uh, this is Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, towards the very end of the New Testament. It says this. It says, For God did not spare the angels when they sinned. God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but then it says he sent them to hell, um, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. And I think this is, a, this is yet, I think demons are sentenced to earth right now. They, they have already been sentenced to hell. We're going to read a, a verse at the very end of Sunday school that says that in the end, the demons will end up in hell, that hell was created for demons, actually. And so, uh, so this verse says, God did not spare the angels. There was angels, there was good creatures, good spiritual beings that we talked about a couple weeks ago in Sunday school, if you were here. But some of them decided to fall. They sinned against God, and God did not spare them when they sinned. Turn over a few more pages to the book of Jude. It's a random, really small little book right before the book of Revelation. It doesn't even have any chapters. It's, it's all one chapter. It's the book of Jude, chapter 6. Excuse me, book of Jude, verse 6. It doesn't have any chapters. Book of Jude, so it's like a one-page book in my Bible, or two pages. Uh, book of Jude, verse 6, and it says this. It says, And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their own home, these, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for the judgment on the great day. It says, Angels didn't keep their position of authority, but abandoned their home. And so angels, the, excuse me, the demons were created as angels, as good beings of light. And that at some point, because of free will, they decided to sin against God. They sinned against God, and God did, and that other verse said, he did not spare them when they fell. And then the final verse I want to show you is about the number of angels. This is where, some, maybe you've heard the saying that one-third of the angels fell and this is in Revelation. That's the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter, um, chapter 12, verse 4. And like, the re- like a lot of the book of Revelation, it's a spiritual analogy of, of spiritual things happening and angels and demons. It says there, there's a dragon. And if you read on, it says the dragon is Satan. And so it says this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. It says this. It says he swept his tail and one third of the stars of his of the sky. And and by the way, stars are often um, angels and stars are often very similar in the book of Revelation. It says his tail swept across one third of the stars of the sky, flung them down into earth. And it goes down and it talks about how the dragon is Satan and and there's angels with Satan, demons or demonic forces. And that one third of the angels fell with Satan. Um, in the fall of the heavenly beings, the spiritual beings. So where do demons come from? Well, demons are fallen angels, and they were angels once created by God. They're evil spirits. And um, I just, I, in my mind, like, this gets into, like, I guess kind of cool, like, spiritual stuff, like the spiritual world, the spiritual realm. And I, I read, maybe some of you had to read this in high school, Paradise Lost by John Milton. Anybody have to read that? You're like, yes, it's boring, it's brutal hated it. Um, I did too. I didn't really like it that much at the time, at least because it was an assignment. But I, I had to read books one and two of Paradise Lost. It's this long 12-book thing. And uh, Milton, in his, in his book Paradise Lost, written in the 1600s, talks a lot about Satan and Jesus and, and, and Adam and Eve and uh, the spiritual world. And the spi- I mean, it's a lot like an old-time Frank Peretti book, um, but in like poetry form and really hard to read. But at the very beginning of Milton's Paradise Lost, he kind of gives the reason as to why he wrote this book. 
And it says something like this. It says, What in me dark illumine? What is low raise and support? That to the highest of the great argument I may assert eternal providence and justify the ways of God to men. And he, he writes that to say, the, the reason why he's writing all these books and, and all about spiritual warfare and warrings and Adam and Eve and God and, and the snake and all these different things is that he might in some ways try to justify the ways of God to men. That he may explain the ways of God to men. And it really gets into like, why did God create us? Why did God create this whole spiritual realm and all this stuff? Why? Why did God do that? And, you know, the Sunday school answer to like, why did God create us is, of course, for his glory. God created us for his glory. But then you have to think, well, if God's all-powerful, did he really need us to glorify him? Does he need that? No, he doesn't need that. But he did it for his glory. He did it because he loved us. It's like, well, I mean, just like the how of the why. Like, why did God do this? And um, Milton obviously writes 12 books about about why God created us in the, the spiritual realm. And I used to have, a, I had a youth pastor when I was in high school, and we had a, a Bible study on Saturday morning. And as, as, a, as a youth pastor, uh, I'm not sure why he picked Saturday morning for high schoolers to meet and do a Bible study. Because um, <laughs> it was pretty often that, like, nobody would show up. Because um, high schoolers sleep into, like, noon or, like, one or two. I mean, at least that's what I did when I was in high school on Saturday morning. But, uh... Uh, I, I remember coming a couple times, and it was just me and him, and and he 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 thought that that was still worth him teaching a lesson. So he taught a lesson, and we we just interact with, in conversation, and I'd ask him questions. I was a pretty new believer, and I asked him like, "Why do you think God created us?" And he said, "Well, I have this idea, I have this opinion," and he, and he made sure that that what he was explaining was just an opinion. He said, you know, I have some verses for this, but it's really just my opinion. No one knows really why God created us. It's like, why does God do anything? I mean, he's God. His ways are not our ways. And, and, he, and he just created us. And he, he, I don't know if there's really a good explanation as far as he, that humans just can have and say, oh, here's why God, God created us, besides the answer of, you know, for his glory. But he didn't need his glory. But he didn't need it. And so, anyways, he said, the reason why God created us, in my opinion, is that, that he said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the darkness was over the face of the deep. And he said, what I think was that God created the spiritual realm first of angels and demons, since the angels fell, and he did not spare them when they sinned, but cast them to the earth. And so here's this gl- globe, the earth, and it has demons on it. And he said, I think he created the earth as as a place for the demons to be, that this was, you know, that they were cast down. And then he sa- and then my, my friend's opinion is that he created human beings um, as spiritual beings and as, as, as obviously physical, as physical beings on this world. And there's some verses that talk about how Satan and his demonic authority has dominion over this earth. And so here's Satan's earth. He has dominion over it, God given to him by God. And then God plants humans on this earth. And some of the humans, like you and I, uh, decide to follow God. And we decide to come to Mill Sunday School. And we decide to glorify God with our lives, despite the fact that like, it seems like it's all kind of, you know, the, the odds are kind of stacked against us. This is Satan's place. This is Satan's dominion. And yet some of us still choose to follow Christ out of our own free will. And it's like an ultimate slap to Satan that, that he has no power, that he, you know, he fell from heaven and he has dominion over the earth and yet there's still people on this earth that are kind of, you know, in the dominion of Satan and yet they still choose to worship and to glorify God. 
Now, what I just shared with you was, is an opinion of my youth pastor. It's, it's, by the way, one of the same opinions of, of John Milton as to why God created the, the universe and, and put humans on earth to kind of slap Satan in the face. Um, it is just an opinion. There's, there are some verses that talk about that. But um, just an opinion. So don't think I'm too weird if, you're, if, you, if you highly disagree with that idea. Because no one really knows exactly why God created us. We're, um, you, know, you, can't, you can't just explain God's ways to a human. God's ways are not our ways. So, continuing on with our notes. What they do, demons should be considered our enemies. Yeah, demons should be considered our enemies. I want to take just a second, um, and, and we sometimes do discussion in the middle of Sunday school. I want you to just list, and you could turn to your little buddies either at your table or crowded around you because we're kind of crowded in here. I apologize. But like I said, we're moving next month into a bigger room. Um, turn to your little buddies and say, what are the things demons do? And, and make a little list of, of what do demons do? And here's the bonus. If you, could, if, you, if, you find, if you list something and you know of a scripture that kind of proves what demons do. It's like, here's a scripture that says that demons do this. That's a huge bonus. And maybe you can't find it, but maybe you know the story. That's like a huge bonus. So make a little list. What demons do? Ready, get set, go. Begin to wrap up within uh, 60 seconds. That's a minute. Wrap up uh, your list. (laughs) 
All right. Um, <clears throat> does anybody want to just yell out stuff? And this is, uh, sometimes in church you're not supposed to yell out stuff. Actually, usually you're not supposed to yell out stuff. Uh, <laughs> but does someone want to yell out, what do demons do? <laughs> I heard possession. They possess people. Can you find scripture that says they possess people? Yeah, the New Testament, the gospel stories are full of people possessing people. And, and next week, by the way, we're going to talk about oppression and oppression um, and the spiritual warfare. We'll talk about some of those uh, crazy, weird things. Um, what else do they do? Everything that's evil. Yeah, they do evil stuff. You can find scriptures about that. What else do they do? Yeah, they accuse people. Uh, um, Satan's name, uh, what's it? Uh, one of the Diablos, the devil, he's the accuser. He's our adversary. Uh, he's the bad guy or, or evil guy that says bad things against us, a slanderer. What else do demons do? Yeah, they deceive us. They, t- they can whisper to us things to do, and they tell us. Uh, there's this story in First Chronicles where David is, is going to go to war with another, uh, another uh, nation. And he, he's, you know, you're supposed to, tr- he's supposed to trust in God that God is going to let him win this battle. And yet it says that an evil spirit came to him and whispered to him. And then he, he d- uh, devised a census. He counted up all his men because an evil spirit whispered to him that, oh, he doesn't have, you know, can't trust in God. You need to trust in your troops. And it says that an evil spirit whispered to him to count to make that census. What else do demons do? They bring sickness. Yeah, they do. In, in the stories of the Gospels, there's, there's an, an evil presence is demanded to leave, and the person feels better. They, their blindness leaves or something. Yeah, what else? They steal, kill, and destroy. That sounds like bad stuff, right? Yeah, there's a verse that says that. They steal your lunch, and they eat your lunch money. and or they, You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, let's see. I have the lie, John eight forty four. You, you belong to the, your father, the devil, and that you want to carry out your father's desire. He was this talking about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. It's pretty bad stuff. Anything else? Did anybody else get anything? Demons do? They what? Yeah, they... Yeah, they do fortune telling. They have, you know, the demons have real power on this earth. And sometimes I just think of like religions that have like all these gods. And uh, I don't think I'm too far in, in saying this, but I think like like a religion, like maybe the New Age religion or maybe even some aspects of Hinduism where they're worshiping their own personal little god. And maybe in some ways that little god does have some sort of spiritual power. And that spiritual power may just be a demon. Let me show you a verse. If you want to turn there, you can. It's 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, 19. Says that, you know, I think, because I think there is power in other religions. And, and maybe some of that power is from demonic activity. And let me, let me read this passage for you. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 19. And it says this. It says, Do I mean that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participating with demons. And so I just think of like, you know, Old Testament stories of occult worship and, you know, worshiping little gods and, and sacrificing to them. I mean, maybe there is some power in those individual demons or the individual idols because they're actually demons. I mean, that's just kind of a, I think that's, 
that's just kind of sick. Um, I had the I listed the Book of Job. It talks about how Satan is is not Satan is uh, allowed by God to give Job sickness and the death of some of his loved ones, loses money, um, and so the demonic realm does have power. Um, I, I don't know if I, I find some people in the realm of like the really really big deal sometimes, like the weird people that you meet and you're talking to, and all they're t- they want to talk about is demons and how they influence them, and and maybe they'll talk about oh I sinned because the devil made me do it, and I just think you know I think that as Christians we have authority over the demonic realm, and I don't think that's a legitimate statement that oh just the devil made you do it. I think there's always choice. There's a verse that says when we are tempted, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear, but He will help us and we could stand up underneath it. And so this whole idea of you know the devil just making you do things or demons making you do things, I don't think is legitimate for Christians because there's a verse Romans eight thirty eight. Maybe some of you have memorized this verse. If you, if you have a Bible turned there, you, could, you might want to underline it or highlight it. I know that my, my Bible has it highlighted because it's, it's just a really sweet verse. It's Romans 8.38. Maybe you've heard it before. And it says this. It says Roman, Romans 8.38 says, 8.28 actually. No, it's 38. Where is it at? Yeah, 38. Sorry, 38. It's highlighted here. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons... Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, listen to this, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Uh, that, 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 he's convinced that Paul's writing this, that, that angels, demons, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. And I think that is a, that is a powerful <laughs> statement that tells me that you know, there, there is spiritual power in the demonic, but it is not powerful enough to separate us from God, and, it is, and that we have been given authority over it. Let's talk, we've got just a little bit of time left. Let's talk about Satan really quick. Um, Satan is a bad dude. It, it, <laughs> hierarchy. The ruler of the evil spiritual world is Satan. He goes by other names, uh, Lucifer. In Greek, Diabolos, the devil, our accuser. There's lots of names he goes by, but he is a personification of evil himself. I want to show you, there's two verses, or, or two uh, kind of sections, passages, I guess. One is Ezekiel 28. You could just write that one down if you want to go back and look at it. Ezekiel 28, 12 through 17 talks about um, how how an angel fought, fell and how he wanted to be like God and he fell. But I want to read for you another one. Um, about Satan himself. And this one's in Isaiah 14. Isaiah right before Jeremiah. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. So Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 says this. I think it's about Satan. It says, uh, I'll, I'll let you turn there. It's Isaiah 14, verse 12. Isaiah fourteen twelve says, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. And he was, I think, you know, there's, there's talk in, in Milton's Paradise Lost that Satan was once a, uh, an archangel of the Lord. I don't know that the Bible doesn't really ever say that he was an archangel like Michael. But uh, then that other passage, Ezekiel, it says that he was a guardian cherub. 
And two weeks ago, we talked about angels and how a cherub is one of the ones that is right next to the throne of God. That Satan was once a cherub, this, this creature, this angelic creature that was right next to God. And it goes on to say this. So Isaiah 14, 12 says, Oh, how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You who once laid low the nations. For you said in your heart, and there's five I will statements here. Satan said this before he fell. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of the assembly on the most high of the sacred mountain. And it says this. I will ascend the clouds the, to the tops of the clouds. Listen to this one. Just, I will make myself like the most high. But then it says, but you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. Satan, was, Satan as far as hierarchy is concerned, it seems like in the Bible there's, there's stronger and weaker uh, demons, the, the strongest one being Satan, this, this angelic being that was cast down to heaven that wanted to be just like God, and he was then cast down. And, and the last thing in your notes, it says redemptions. Uh, demons have fallen from grace. And as a, as a high schooler, I remember asking this question. I remember reading uh, Matthew 5, where it says, pray for your enemies and love those that persecute you. I remember asking my youth leader, I remember reading that about loving your enemies, praying for your enemies. And I remember asking my youth pastor, should I pray for Satan? Should I, should I love my enemy Satan? And he, he didn't really have an answer for me, but he was just like, uh, uh, don't do that. No, no, don't do that. Uh, and I was like, well, shouldn't we pray for our enemies? And he's like, no, 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 not Satan. Um, and, and he didn't really have a good answer. He was just like so thrown off. Like, no, 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 no. Um, but but I, I would provide an answer now. I mean, looking back, I think... I think pray for your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Love is talking about people, individuals that, that are our enemies, like, you know, someone that mistreats you. You should still pray for them, pray for their salvation and love them because they're human beings with the image of God in them. But demons are something different. They are spiritual beings. They were once heavenly beings right there with God. They were angelic beings having a lot of knowledge of who God was, and they decided to fall. And so our role as humans is, is not to pray for their salvation. Now, I personally don't know if they're able to get back to God if they were to change their mind and, and want to love God. I, I don't know. If God, God knows. Um, but we're not, to, we're not to judge that here on earth. Um, we're not to pray for Satan. Satan's, Satan's a bad dude. There, a verse in First Peter says this. First Peter 5.8. I'm just going to read it. It says, Be controlled and, and alert. Your inner enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. And I think, I think that in some ways on earth right now, us sitting in the most Sunday school, the odds are kind of stacked against us in some ways that we have an enemy here on earth that does have power. Uh, we have an enemy in the spiritual realm. The Bible's full of um, stories of, of demons tempting and whispering and doing bad things and stealing people's lunch money um, on earth. And I think that in some ways the odds are stacked against us as far as th- that Satan has control of this earth. But you know what? We in Christ have been given the full authority of God. And we do not, uh, we do not believe in a dualism that evil and good are are right there with each other battling, and they're equal and opposite powers. We believe that God is all-powerful and all-good, and he has given us that power on earth. And so next time, we're going to talk a lot about spiritual warfare. But I wanted to just leave you with a, another scary story. Um, <laughs> but I, I was in, uh, after my, me, remember I told you the story, me and my friend talking, and, and him telling me that I should pray over the spiritual world and, and have authority over the demonic. Um, I was sleeping one night, 
and I had a horrible dream, woke up, can't remember what the dream was exactly, but maybe you felt that before, you've just been scared to death, and you're just like frozen in bed, kind of looking around, like, is there anybody here? Oh my gosh, what just happened? Like, I'm so scared. And um, I was in college, and my major in college was uh, biology. I just, I like plants and animals back then. Kind of weird, but, you know, everybody's weird in college. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, I, was, <laughs> I was really weird in college. I, I was taking all these botany classes, the study of plants. And so if you walked into my room, I probably literally had more than 100 plants, like vines on my ceiling. Uh, I closed my door to keep the AC out in the summertime just from my plants, and I'd miss the air. And so it was like all humid in there. And like next to the window was like a desert region. And then the farther you got back was like uh, like shady, like the, my uh, African violets, and I'd, I was breeding them and like, you know. Um, it's, I don't know, you know, just what I did back then. Um, so I woke up in this dream, uh, scared to death, just kind of paralyzed in fear and, and plants. So, I mean, it's, it's no, I mean, there are plants everywhere. Plants, a couple plants from my dresser fell on the ground. And so I woke up totally afraid and then plants fell on the ground, soil all over the place. And I was just I mean, you could just imagine. I mean, what the heck? You're like, is somebody in here pushing plants over? Nobody was in there. I was just scared to death um, and just paralyzed in bed. And I, I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind any evil spirit either within or around me, and I command you to leave. And God, would you come and protect me right now? And I was just like, okay, I'm okay. God is here. God is with me. And you know what I did? I rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, it's it's in my mind, it was... You just have to imagine yourself in this horrible fear and, and things falling on the ground. Like, what in the world was that? I don't know if it was, if it was spiritual or not. I think, it, I mean, personally, I believe it was. But I, I, I don't have anything to prove that it was something spiritual. Um, but I prayed that prayer and then just felt an immediate, God, you are here. God, you are in all control. God, you have given me power as a spiritual being over the demonic, over anything evil that wants to scare me or to tempt me that God has given me power over that. And I said that prayer, and then I just thought, I'll clean up the mess tomorrow. I'll just roll over. I'll go back to sleep. I'm okay. God is here with me. And if there is something evil in here, I have authority over it. I prayed against it, and I commanded it to leave. And so I think as Christians, we, you know, as we talk about demons and the powers that they do have and the powers they have to tempt or to destroy us or whatever, we as Christians have power over over that demonic world. And I hope you come next time because we're going to talk a lot about spiritual warfare and, um, and how to go about doing that and, and how Jesus went about that and how he has given us authority to do that. But would you pray with me this morning? And God, we say to you, thank you for giving us the, the spiritual world. Thank you for making us spiritual creatures that are aware of the spiritual world, that, that sometimes things happen, we can't explain them, but but we know that your word says that there's, there's angelic beings and demonic beings in this world that, that have been given authority by you to do things that are, that are angels that do good and demons that do bad. And God, as we continue studying this topic this month of angels and demons, God, would you give us divine knowledge of your glory that we are in you, that you are in us, Jesus, and that you've given us power over anything evil, that there's nothing to be afraid of, there's nothing to be tempted by. There's nothing, God, to, to, to succumb to something that we know we shouldn't because you, Jesus, are in all control. You have given us authority. 
And God, as we study this, this subject ne- even next week, God, I prepare that you, I ask that you prepare our hearts to learn more of your will, more of your power of, of over, that we have over the demonic world. And so, God, we give you all authority. We love you and we praise you. And everybody said, amen. amen.